Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome one and all to the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 7 is just about in the books for the Football League of National. We, of course, have Monday Night Football to go tonight, but we have a whole lot of games that happened on Sunday afternoon to discuss as we do every single Monday here on the SB Nation NFL show. You can watch us live on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, or the SB Nation NFL show YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. Who is us? Who is we? Uh, well, it's more of a proverbial we, but if you want to know specifically on the ones and twos, as always, our fearless leader, Rachel Prevet who is wonderful and perfect in every conceivable way. Hopefully she will remember that when it comes down to the MF double MVP. I am RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. And joining me as always, the handsome, the debonair, so smooth he makes Fred Astaire look clunky from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. Start spreading the news. His New York Yankees got swept by my Houston Astros in the ALCS as of Sunday night. Pete Tweedy! Good morning and hello. We are we are in what week week eight now? Well, almost no week seven still week seven. Those one, are of, one, one of these days will turn to week eight, which is almost halfway. And yeah, it would be tomorrow in the in the old version of the schedule. Now, it you know, now it takes another half a week of week nine. But what are you talking about? Even in the old schedule, week eight was not the halfway point. There were 17 weeks before. Yeah, not 16. No, good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to be honest, Pete, the Chiefs game, a little bit, a little bit tough on the eyes. Um, yeah. There's too much red. Uh, the Niners red jerseys, mm -hmm. the Chiefs red pants and the Chiefs red helmets. Not a fan. A lot of people um, felt just... that about Super Bowl 54 and rematch that. And yeah, felt the same way yesterday, too. But this was this was the Niners throwback uniforms, right? Like this wasn't their standard home red jerseys. I'm not I'm not a 49ers expert. I don't know. Well, you know what? The 49ers experts around here are pretty sad this morning. <laughs> thanks, thanks to, uh, you know, a drubbing by yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. Drubbing, but, drubbing is a proper way to put it. It was a drubbing. Right, right. But we, uh, speaking of experts, Pete, uh, you know, sometimes we bring in an expert on one particular team. But this NFL is broken, right? This NFL is wonky. We need somebody. We need an expert who can take the cartridge out, <laughs> blow in mm -hmm. it, and get the game mm -hmm. back to where it needs to be. So we have brought in the ultimate expert, oh. the quintessential expert all right the effervescent expert all right from sb nation just universal meaning supersedes all of us all right it is the one and only the legendary jp acosta on twitter at acosta 32 underscore jp jp you have the underscore it bothers me you gotta be honest with you don't like it maybe you should consider changing it although i know you're verified and that would kind of make things difficult for you see i tried changing it earlier this was like my first account when I started Twitter as just like this high school football player trying to get like, hey, watch my highlight tape. I'm pretty sure like my old my old Twitter account had like all my highlight highlights from like 2017 mm. on there. But then I was just like, mm. yeah, I, I don't want anybody else seeing that other than me. So it's all gone now. So not only uh, did you, you make will. us feel incredibly young with the fact that you were playing high school football in 2017. Uh, but um, you also let us know that you have some highlights floating around on Twitter.com. So if people want to search those out, let us see them. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Look, if you put in JP Acosta huddle, I'm pretty sure that little highlight tape that I had 
when I was a senior in high school is going to be around there oh, somewhere. I know how I'm going to spend my Monday afternoon. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Um, JP, we have brought you in today not to discuss one particular team, but two particular teams. As mentioned, uh, you've done such a great job this season, been such a welcome addition to the SB Nation team, writing about the bigger storylines around the NFL on a national level. Uh, last week, we were actually talking about this right before we started streaming. Um, you wrote about how the Bucks and Packers are basically broken, um, you know, the base, if you will. Um, and so they're both down and out and goodness gracious, down and out, especially after Sunday, the Green Bay Packers falling to the Washington Commanders, 23 to 21. And of course, the Buccaneers falling to the Carolina Panthers. I think that one was just a little bit more surprising, certainly because of the score, 21 to three. I will tell you, JP, that Mike McCarthy has more wins with the Dallas Cowboys since last season started than Matt LaFleur does with the, uh, the Green Bay Packers, just because I'm obligated to. But your thoughts uh, on how broken they are, who's more broken uh, how high the levels of panic should be uh, in each particular bank. Oh, man. Um, I think I wrote last week, of course, about should the Packers and Bucks be worried about where they are? I think at first the Bucks. my thought with the Bucks was, okay, there are some problems here, but this will probably be fixed when everybody gets healthy, right? This will all be fine when everybody gets back to full strength. They were at full strength yesterday and they only put up three points on a Panthers team that's actively trying to lose. So I think there's a really like hot, high level of panic right now for this team. I think the offense just looks all out of sorts, just mistakes from Chris Godwin mistakes from the offensive line that was supposed to be one of the strengths of this team. Even though Ali Marpet was lost to retirement, Ryan Jensen's out for the season. You drafted guys like Robert Hainsey last year to be the eventual successor to Ryan Jensen. You drafted Luke Gottecki in the second round this year to be the left guard. You go and trade for Shaq Mason. Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs have solidified the right side of the offensive line. That's fine. But if you have three bad, bad spots on the offensive line, especially with Tom Brady at this age right now, at 45, where he's not, he was never going to make people miss in the pocket, but especially now, like he is old man, old man. So he's not going to be able to make anybody miss if there's a free rusher coming in. But it's just been really, really weird seeing this offense kind of operate because I think they want to try and continue to run the ball and run the ball effectively out of heavier personnel, but they just can't do that. I think they're near the bottom of the league in rushing EPA in 12 personnel, 13 personnel, and they used to be one of the best teams in the league at it. And I think a more underrated part of this Bucks season in terms of who they've missed is they've missed Gronk a lot. Mm-hmm. Gronk was essentially an extra offensive lineman in the run game, and he was also a safety blanket in the middle of the field when everything started to break down. When Godwin was hurt last year, uh, Brady threw the ball to Gronk a lot. He doesn't have that now. He's throwing to a co-keefed, whatever a co-keefed is. But it's just looked really bad for the Bucks, especially because it looks like they're trying so hard to continue with this identity of they're going to run at you. They're going to force the issue. They're going to create these problems for you going forward. All the runs are attacking you vertically. And then Brady will throw the end breakers. Brady will throw the ball deep down the field. But he just can't do that now because there's a lot of pressure because the offensive line hasn't played well. They can't run the ball, so they're giving a tell every time they're in 12 personnel and under center. And Brady hasn't played that great this year. Like, this this week was the first time where I'm like, wow, Tom Brady does not look good. <laughs> like, this is, this is a really weird spot, especially for me, because, like, my entire life, Tom Brady's been good. 
My, right. my entire existence of being a football fan, Tom Brady has always been good. This is really weird seeing him not be good. Yeah, this game had bad vibes all over it, I think, from the beginning with that pass to Mike Evans that should have, I think it was like 10 yards of separation. It should have went for a long touchdown. It just unbelievably drops it, and it was downhill from there. Brady actually had 290 yards in this game, which was weird. He did throw it 49 times, and so it really was came down to a lot of third downs. But, JP, I want to ask you something about the other side of the spectrum, and it's about teams that we did not expect to have the records they have. I'm going to list three of them, and let me know if you buy or sell these teams so far. The 6-1 and one Giants, the 5-2 and two Jets, and the 4-3 and three Seahawks. Any of these teams really, truly capable of making noise in the NFL playoffs? Oh, man. Of those three teams, I'm not sure if any truly make noise in the playoffs. But if I had to choose one that I would put most of my faith in. Yeah, give me I one buy. Give me one buy. Who is it? I guess I'll go with the Giants. I'm not really yeah. sold on their entire, like, we're just going to wait until the fourth quarter and the most critical moment right. of the game to turn yeah. into an actual NFL team. But it's worked. I think a lot <laughs> of what their offense does and why it's been such a problem for defenses is they're adaptable. They, they don't have to stick to one game plan. I guess the Jaguars yesterday, Daniel Jones had over 100 rushing yards yeah. because all they would do was zone read the defensive end would crash on Saquon Barkley because that's what Saquon Barkley does. And Daniel Jones would just hit the edge. Like, I feel like Daniel Jones is in this, like, area of athlete at quarterback where, like, you don't expect him to be a great athlete because he looks very wonky. But then he's out he looks running like Eli life. Manning. And Eli Manning was never capable of running like yes. Daniel Jones can. But he's really low-key one of the better athletes, I think, he's a quarterback in the league. He's a legitimately great athlete at the position. He was outrunning linebackers and DBs yesterday. And I'm just like, hey, I, I did not expect this from Daniel Jones. But what I think the Giants do so well and why I give a lot of credit to Brian Dayball is they have they have their identity. They have their plan. But if that doesn't work, they're adjust, they'll adjust super, super quickly. I think in the first half, they, they tried to get a lot of like downfield passing done. They tried to get like inside runs a lot. And that just wasn't working against the Jaguars, so they just went to zone read. And that basically killed the Jaguars the entire game. I really I really guess – I guess I'm believing in the Giants a little bit. I'm not fully on the track yet because I really do worry about the lack of depth at receiver, and they had two starting offensive linemen go down yesterday. If those two positions aren't going to be up to full speed or at any like average level – they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs, but this is just a fun, it's a fun little story for the, yeah. uh, for the season, especially in a season like this where nothing makes sense. <laughs> I think I would have, it, I mean, the question wasn't mine, but I think if Brees Hall hadn't been hurt, I think we're all expecting his season to be over. Unfortunately, I think you could have made an, arg made an argument for the jets, but I, I get your logic. I want to go back to the Packers. Um, JP, have you seen the line for this week's opening game for them or the opening line for them for this week? I have not. I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be laughing hysterically. Well, so they're playing on Sunday night football. Obviously we all uh -huh. saw that in the preview um, last night uh, against the Buffalo bills. And I, I mean, what would you guess it is in Buffalo? Uh, in I believe so. Oh, it's in Buffalo. Nine and a half. I'm going to say seven and a half. 
it is 10 and a half. Oh my God. I mean, like, I think like, you know, like I said that, like the shock effect is there for both of you, obviously. Um, But I think we can all like compartmentalize it and say like, well, that makes sense. Like, again, when you contextualize the season, but it is still strange, JP. I mean, I mean, the the Packers, like it is, it is awkward um, to to see them. I mean, I'm not feeling awkward about it, but it is awkward to see them so like weakened and void of their powers. It looks weird because I think this is kind of the pay the piper thing. Their their mm. process in the offseason was, okay, we're going to trade Devontae Adams. We're going to get back this draft capital. We know that our offense at the receiver position is going to be lacking for a little bit. A lot of young guys, and we're going to be relying on Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. So we're going to rely on the defense to kind of help us out. The defense actually played kind of well. Devontae Campbell had a pick six in this game, and they still lost. And I think this all goes to the offense at this point. I put out a tweet that basically said, like, the 2022 Packers are cosplaying as the Miami Dolphins from last year because it feels so constrained. It feels so tight. There is no easy button for any downfield passing. You had the easy button last year when you had Devontae Adams, which, of course, it's Devontae Adams. But now you're relying on Alan Lazard to be your downfield deep threat and God, God bless Alan Lazard, but he's not the deep threat. He's not the deep target that you should be looking for. Romeo Dobbs was supposed to be that, but I don't think he can get on the right page as Aaron Rodgers. And Amari Rodgers just seems to just not have great days any anymore. Like he muffed the punt yesterday. He dropped a wide open touchdown pass and it looked like Aaron Rodgers wanted to kill him. So I think it's just a lot of, they paid the price for this. They knew what it was going to be coming in. But I also think a lot of the blame, like with the Bucks and Tom Brady, it goes to Aaron Rodgers. And I think the, pl- the blame can be placed more on Aaron Rodgers than it can on Tom Brady. Say it again. And I think a lot of it comes from a lot of the Packers offense is it works best when it's on schedule, when you're playing according to the structure. Aaron Rodgers cannot make the deep balls out of structure work anymore because there is no Devontae Adams, one. But two, he's been off on these deep balls all year. Like he's either overthrowing it or they turn into DPIs, which shouldn't be DPIs because he's, they're underthrown. But he has been off on all deep targets this year. It's just looked so it's looked so difficult for them to generate any explosive passes in traditional structures this year. And it's been it's kind of what you expected, but you didn't expect it to be this low where they're losing to Washington. Well said. <laughs> Did you have a question, Peter? It's just you're a fan of the answer. Oh no, no, I thought I thought we were doing three. I didn't realize we we have. So, um, if let's let's do this then. If we, if we're doing one more, JP. So, as you said, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about anything. It feels like through seven weeks of the NFL season. But putting you on the spot. Who wins the Super Bowl? Is it just the Buffalo Bills because they've looked the best and they beat the Chiefs, who clearly seem like the second team? Or is it the Philadelphia Eagles who have not lost yet? If you're making a way too early pick through, as RJ insisted, <laughs> almost halfway through the NFL season, who, who do you like right now? Um, I think it's going to be really hard to beat Buffalo on, at, on any game, any week in, week out, because they have the most they have one of the most explosive and dynamic offenses in the NFL. And if Josh Allen's going to continue to play like a howitzer that's that has attached to his right arm and being able to run like a gazelle at 6'5", 240, it's going to be hard to stop them. But I think the biggest thing is 
their defense is going to get healthier. They're going to give you a Christopher is going to come back. Jordan Phillips will eventually come back. And that defense that we all thought was really good to start the season is going to get even better. So I think it's going to be really hard to beat Buffalo. I really do like Kansas City because it's really hard to go against Patrick Mahomes. And what they did to the Niners yesterday was almost like masterful in terms of how to defang the strengths of a defense. But Mm. I think I would rank them Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. And the reason I really don't, like, I want to believe in the Eagles. I really, really do. It's just... I do have a little bit of a question about when they're in obvious passing situations when they're down. Of course, the best way to just answer that is to never be down at all, just to beat opponents like early on. But I do think there are still some valid questions about can this offense generate downfield passing if they're down in a game? Mm Mm-hmm. He has spoken. J.P. Acosta from SB Nation. Look forward to reading more of your work um, throughout the season, J.P. You rock. Um, your favorite food as you leave. Oh, your favorite food, food on earth. Favorite food on earth. This is probably going to be a uh, cop out answer. Pizza. You can put anything on pizza. It'll Whoa. be good. What was that okay. first word before it? Pizza. What? Oh, That's just pizza. Just pizza. Oh, okay. I thought there was a special word that you said before pizza. Maybe I misheard. Mine is pepperoni. What, what Mine's pepperoni and jalapeno be? pizza, for example. Ooh, pepperoni know. jalapeno is good. Um, jalapeno. <laughs> I think I go. I go pepperoni and bacon. I think that's the that's the quick, okay. the easiest one. That's fair, JP. Um, you are the pepperoni and bacon of the Espanation universe. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Acosta thirty two underscore JP on Twitter, and you can get his highlights from you know just three years ago on. Huddle. So, <laughs> you think 2017 was three years ago? Well, whenever it was, you can get those. Uh, your math not not off to a strong start. Four years uh, today, Pete. Yeah. Um, all right, Pete. Are you ready to to just kind of blitz through all these things? B- yeah, you ready? big bl- big blitz guy. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we're gonna Wonder- we're gonna run through every game. JP did a great job of kind of just um, you know de- defanging everything. I loved that term, by the way. Um, mm. Gonna touch on every single game. That's how we roll around here. And then uh, give you a pick for Monday Night Football. Where do you want to start, Pete? Spin the wheel. I guess Baltimore seems all right, right? The Baltimore Ravens did not collapse yeah. completely in the fourth quarter. Um, they won 23-20 to to get to 4-3 and three on the season. Um Big win, I guess, um, over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Lamar Jackson only threw the ball 16 times for 120 yards. Nine completions. Uh, it. Um, Tebow saying, yeah, like Tebow. Uh, it was very, very strange. Um, Jacoby Brissett, meanwhile, threw the ball 27 times, completed 22 of them. Uh, Nick Chubb, why is he only getting the ball 16 times? I don't know. Um, what are you doing, Kevin Stefanski? The Browns remain an enigma. Um, my big takeaway from this i guess is good job ravens i mean great way to get it done um i still am i'm not ready to say that the ceiling on them is like broken you know what i mean like they've broken through um but they're winning they're finding ways to get it done this is a big divisional win for them yeah you never know what's gonna happen in the division i think sometimes those games are are tough to come out with season-long evaluations because the teams know each other so well so you can be good against the rest of the league and somehow lose a division game. We see that all the time. So the Ravens are able to get it done. And I think you had the first point. It's been a season where they play well, they play well, they play well. And then it's iffy at the end and sometimes they blow it. And we saw them do that in this game. 
um, where uh, Jeremiah O.K. gave the Browns uh, a late chance by punching the ball out of Justice Hill, who they kept showing on the sideline. If you're watching this game, as the Browns were trying to figure this out, they're, they're showing him, and you're feeling the agony that, that goes along with possibly blowing this game. And then it was a blocked kick. Malik Harrison blocked the 60-yarder. And I know that the Ravens will be missing J.K. Dobbins, who's a big part of their offense, but Gus the Bus looked great in this game. I, I think he's going to be a nice replacement for him as they they miss him for the foreseeable future. And then I had this stat. Sunday was Lamar Jack, Jackson's second career win as a starter with fewer than 10 completions. It's weird to say this, but it's they're not exactly the same, right? But like the Ravens and the Giants sort of winning similarly through their quarterback running mm. in different ways. <laughs> it's, it's a I mean, it's, that's it's not as it's not as stupid as it sounds. Like I think I think you're maybe I wouldn't say you're onto something, but I, I don't think you're far. Like I've, I've, you've been farther away on things before. They, it, but I think what what they're showing is that you know at least there's seven weeks here that it, it's a it's a formula that can work if you plan plan and scheme it up correctly. And and the Ravens again they held on, which was big. I think what we're waiting for from the Ravens to put them in that possible tier with Kansas City and Buffalo is more of a dominating win, like the Chiefs showcased. Um, on Sunday, uh, you know, you'd like to see the Ravens with a team that they should be better than. Again, we, we have to say that it's division, but but run away with it in a sense because they're they're better, they're much better than the Browns in twenty three twenty. See, I think what we're waiting for, like the you know, energy was high around the Ravens surrounding the Sunday night win against the Bengals. Although Lamar had kind of the, the you know shakier performance, so that kind of like prohibited everybody. Justin Tucker had the like whatever it was, the field goal that would have been like perfect. You know what I'm saying? They like, do have the literally. The, what, they have the Buccaneers on Thursday, that's right? What, I, that's what I'm saying. So they're on Thursday night football. Uh, maybe they'll swing by Boca Raton because it is in Tampa. This particular game. I mean, so, and, and at this stage, do you really even have to practice against the, the Bucs? Actually, get ready, get ready for some heavy Ravens action, Pete, because not only are on Thursday night football this week, but they're on Monday night football the following week in Nowlands. Um, I love, so, I like watching the Ravens. I, I do. I mean, who does? They're a fun team yeah. to watch, uh, especially Ra- and Mandarin. Ravens in the Superdome won the Super Bowl there. I mean, you know, I like when little stories like that pop up, but that's right. Uh, good for the Ravens. I don't think anybody cares about the Browns. Don't shut the lights um, off on the Ravens, if you know what I'm saying. Ooh, good job. All right, let's move elsewhere in the AFC North. The okay. Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals, now four yes. and three. Um, on the Friday shows here at the Espionation NFL show, uh, Pete, myself, Brandon Lee Gowden, Rob Stasgrow, we each do locks of the week. Mm. Uh, stats locked up the Falcons. That did not um, what did you, work out well. I, know that I think they were six-point dogs. I'm a big so, fan of the um, show, but I also know that there's a segment called the Chili, the Chili game of the week where you, you say burr, don't you? Don't you do something? Um, no, the burr is um, the if you're... If you're the only person um, who picks a game, you're in the ice box. Um, so you like your burr, like you're cold. Okay. Um, it is the time of year for chili, though. I'm very excited for my first bowl. Uh, but stats uh, incorrectly locked up the Falcons, 35 to 17. Mm. The final score. Joe Burrow was insane in this game. Um, Whoa. You know, th- 34 of 42, 481, almost, just almost 500 yards. Holy crap! Three touchdowns. Um, Marcus Mariota just can't compete with that. Um, Jamar Chase might be back, back, like all the way back, like a little bit of a like scare back, in back, this back, game, back, back. but he came back, which was good. Uh, right. Um, eight catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Tyler Boyd also eight catches, 155 yards and a touchdown. Um, Jamar Chase had a long reception of 41 Tyler, a long reception of 60. Um, I mean, just a huge, this, it wasn't like an offensive game back and forth. Um, but man, the, the Bengals, like I'm saying, they might. They might be back. I mean, the, the offense is waking the, up a little bit. The 0-2 start embarrassed me because I defended the Bengals all offseason. And so mm-hmm. they've been able to right the ship now 4-1 and one in their last five. 
And you know why, by the way, you defended the Bengals? I finally got down to, to the core of this because you need the Bengals to be great, to justify the Chiefs collapse in the AFC title game. <laughs> you need the Bengals to actually <laughs> no, be legitimate. I finally I, figured this out. I I know it was not that. I just I think I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs are connected to it because I, I think Buffalo being this hot pick. And this is before they lost to the Bills, right? Because we're talking about the offseason now. Buffalo being this hot pick when the Chiefs won the game annoyed me. And the fact that the Bengals then beat the Chiefs, the team that beat the Bills, and the Bills were still regarded as the best. And nobody was even talking about the Bengals at all, who went to the Super Bowl and almost won it, came, came drive away from winning it. Right, we're getting no right. respect. And right, look, so the, they had a rough the Bengals start. Bengals had their way. They had, the Falcons. they had a rough start. They had a rough start to the year. They did. And now they're under the radar again, even though they're the reigning AFC champions. And they may be right there. Like that yesterday was scary especially this is they a, survived that four and three i'm sorry that zero oh and two start and to get to four and just three the 49ers. Really and, and and you know and i mean i don't i don't know that i put like i don't know that i put a lot in that transitive property but i mean a plus look, b equals c what is their four and three they have they're at cleveland um on monday night football next week so a week from today it's a blowout um that's a blowout and 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 then they get the panthers so you're talking about very likely getting to six and three before the bye then they're out of the bye in pittsburgh on sunday night football um so i think we're both we're both on at seven and three right by the way why are you putting the steelers on sunday night football again um then they're at tennessee a little bit of a hiccup game playoff uh, what week, rematch what week does the does the change the game start kicking in do you know um oh the flex option mm-hmm. for Sunday night football I think that's week 15 um so but no, two no, weeks before that no. week 13 uh the Kansas City Chiefs are in the jungle Ooh, hmm. watch out last time they matched up in the jungle Bengals won so um <laughs> yes that's the, true is it not true the Bengals <laughs> have been the team uh really the only team it feels like that has just continue to 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 have the Chiefs number. So it should be an interesting week when we get there. December I 4th. really what do you mean they're the only team? The Bills just beat them. They beat them in the regular season two years in a row. Yeah, Granted, they lost if, the you know, if you know if you lose back to back games in the playoffs, I don't I don't want to hear about the regular season. Um oh do we think the Falcons are cute? Like are the Falcons uh, you know no no okay <laughs> all right uh let's let's move on. Uh the New York Giants the um, got Got a bit of a, a dramatic win. This was a different kind of win. Granted, it was um, another fourth quarter sort of, you know, run for them. Uh, when the fourth quarter began, they were losing seventeen to thirteen, but they wound up winning twenty three to seventeen. Of course, um, the Giants are now six and one. I have to imagine they are a playoff team. In fact, I'm going to pull up their playoff odds uh, while while we speak here. Um, Daniel Jones had hundred yards, over hundred yards on the ground. So did Saquon Barkley. This, it's not. It's not like a random mixture of events. Like it's a, it's not a sustainable mixture that what they're doing. But it's not random. It is like by design. Like Brian Dable, coach of the year, as far as I'm concerned. As our our good friend Ed Valentine would say, I don't know, RJ. I don't know who peed in your coffee this morning, but I'll I'll <laughs> tell you this. I've had my questions about Daniel Jones. I'll be honest. I you know I've not been a Daniel Jones guy. You know I've I come from that area. I have a lot of friends and family that root for New York, and I've said that to them, and they don't like to hear that. Um, but you know, I'm starting to maybe feel like I might have been wrong about that. And not to say that he's ever going to be this prolific nah. passer, but maybe his spin on the quarterback position can work. I mean, how can we? It's OK. So you get to like three and one. You're like, all right, whatever. Four and one, five. And one. Like, at what point are we going to be like? Uh, yeah, it's working. You know, they're they're six and one football team in, in the NFL. And, and it's been a league where nobody's really been 
all that consistent. Jones was 10 of 14 passing 105 yards um, and a touchdown on play action passes. And it's all set up by what Saquon can do. And as JP was describing, when the team feels like they have to focus on Saquon, Daniel Jones hitting the edge and going in and getting the yardage he needs. 107 yards on the ground is nuts for uh, a quarterback. And then on the other side, the Jaguars are not a playoff team. Trevor Lawrence is not good enough. Uh, stats and, and his constant point that we hear all the time is, is correct. He should be getting more of, I think, um, criticism. And the defense has been bad, especially these past three games, three games without a takeaway. And, like, again, it does seem comical, but they just were carved up by Daniel Jones, carved up by Daniel Jones. Now, the Giants need to not turn it on in the fourth quarter. Like, similar point about the right, Ravens. Right. Like, they need to win a complete game before I feel like, okay, I, I think this is a potential NFC winner, but I also think the NFC is wide open. Who's coming out of the NFC? Like if you really start, put st- the Eagles, st- right? Well, so maybe, to that point, okay, I was are they going to hold you, on? You know, I, how many, I, how many, how many teams do you think have higher odds to make the playoffs than the giants? And for what it's worth, we're going out five thirty eight quarterback adjusted Evo forecast. Just so we're clear. How many teams do you think N- across the, N- the NFL, across the NFL, um, just to make the playoffs. So like, like the path to that is, is open to interpretation. Seven or eight? Five. Five. The Philadelphia Eagles have a greater than 99% chance. The Buffalo Bills, 98. Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys, both 95. So technically fourth, um, if, if you want to count the tie. The Vikings at 93%. The New York Football Giants, 85% chance to make the playoffs. What's interesting is uh, these play- are quarterback I- these are quarterback adjusted. The Giants have a 12% chance to win the division. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have a 22% chance. Try to take your Cowboys obsession Polo Monday. Obsession? Out- That's my job. Out of it. Try to, try to take it out of it. This is this obsession that you have with the Cowboys. Now, do you want to play the Giants in the playoffs? I don't think you do. You know, I I, I mean, I, no, I well, don't like what I don't are know. the options? I, I don't know. What are, like what like the, I would I would like from an NFC perspective, I would rather play the Giants than the 49ers, despite what happens Sunday. Like, I mean, part of, part of that is like emotional scar tissue. I would rather play the Giants than the Rams um, at this point, just because I, I still kind of like trust the Rams or I, I trust the Giants less. Like, this just is such a uh, it's weird. Would you rather like it's the Super Bowl? Would you rather the Chiefs play the Giants or the Vikings? The Giants. But still, I, right. I think I think these Giants, the Giants or the Bucks, I, probably the Bucks. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Um, I don't know. So, you know, I think I don't think they're this team that that like you should be necessarily super scared of. Right. If you match up with the Giants, I feel like that's still a winnable game. What I'm getting more of the vibe of like you're a March Madness guy too. like it's that, you know, you're the four seed. Here's here's that 13 seed that won their last 10 is really playing well. Like that to me is what the Giants are going to be in the playoffs. I tell you what, Giants at Seattle this week going to be a lot of fun. Um, we haven't spent any time on them, but the Jaguars are losers, right? Like we're like at this point, it's like Trev- like the Trevor Lawrence, call it what you want, like you know, criticism or whatever needs to like ramp up. Like this is really sad. I mean, like and just and in a year, you know, and you're at both sides of this. In a year where you know Dayball looks clearly like the coach of the year candidate, this was supposed to be Doug Peterson coming in and. F- and being able to fix it was just the urban Meyer mess, right? That's it. The, the players are fine. He's going to be great. Like two and five is not, not, not a good start for a head coach. Um, I just saw this by the way, on the subject of the bucks, um, Lindsay Rhodes tweeted the time, not a single team in the NFC South is net positive in point differential this season. The best point differential in the NFC South belongs to the bucks at zero. 
<laughs> so uh, the uh, the Saints and, and Panthers both at negative 25. Um, the Falcons at negative eight. Uh, let's go ahead and do that game real quick uh, okay. while we're we, we, we talked about it with JP a little bit. But the Carolina Panthers blanked the Buccaneers 21 to three. Uh, the PJ Walker game, I suppose, is how people will remember this. Um, Dante Foreman, 118 yards. First game without Christian McCaffrey. This is like I hate to like not talk about the, the Panthers, but like this is like th- this is panic you know, alarm signals for the Bucks, right? Like you can't lose this game. Like, even if you're the, I'm not trying to make well, up for the Packers, but like, if you're the Packers and you lost to the commanders, at least you're like, well, you know, Taylor Heineke has shown stuff in the past, right? Like whatever, like the Panthers are a mess I, I, and you didn't lose. You got destroyed. These are grown ass men. And I, I think sometimes when they lose a head coach, like a head coach is changing in the middle of the year and there's interim head coach, or you lose a proverbial star like Christian McCaffrey, like, Everyone's saying oh, the Panthers are, are giving up on the season and they're a crap team. They're just going to lose the rest of their games. Yada, yada. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. These, yada, guys are pr- these, that episode. these guys are prideful guys. And they went out. It wasn't like dazzling, but they, the defense played extremely well. The Bucks offense is probably more of a sign for the Bucks than the Panthers. But you got to credit the Panthers defense. Two of 12 on third downs, one of three on fourth downs. And in the red zone, their one time they had to kick a field goal. The Bucks were a mess. And the Panthers just played an efficient ball game. PJ Walker only had 177 yards, but Foreman and Hubbard they combined for what 170 plus rushing. When you don't have you don't have McCaffrey anymore, and so look, the Panthers are not making the postseason, and it says much more about the Bucks because the Bucks need to figure it out quick. You're looking at three and five uh, going up against Baltimore on Thursday night. Right now they're three and four. They are a mess. I've said this before. I remain uncomfortable talking about Tom Brady's personal life. Like I, I recognize that he's like at a level of fame to where like that's like a thing. Yeah. Um, I have no, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever his personal life is right now, he does not look like this. Looks like a broken football team. And so Todd Bowles said everybody made a big deal about this quote that they were in a dark place. Right. Uh, that's kind of an alarming line. Um, and last week he had the line about, um, I know this was talked about a lot too, but about how, how players were just, they needed to like, what, what was the line? Like they, they can't be coasting off the Super Bowl or whatever it was like, um, this to me is starting to look like a team because prior to Tom Brady, the Bucks were this like joke, right? Like we're all, you know, aware of that, obviously, like they right. weren't like this serious team, whatever. And this is like, okay, cool. Tom Brady showed up. You guys won the Super Bowl. Um, and, and then like, you just like didn't, didn't keep the work up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like this. You know, if if Tom, like, I guess my point is, if Tom Brady had in free agency joined, uh, like the Steelers, right? Like, I think they'd be like sustaining themselves. You know, like, there's See, there's not this culture of of winning, of discipline within Tampa Bay to to survive when, when things fall off the tracks. The injuries to the offensive line have been a thing, but even when Brady is protected, I was watching some of this this game and throws are off just uncharacteristic high throws from Brady just not leading receivers like we've seen him him do he looks uncomfortable he looks lost and bewildered it all, yeah it all looks and uncomfortable looks, That's the best word I understand they're losing 21-3 who's gonna look you know great on that but his body language is just like it's utter Ooh. and complete misery right now for Tom Brady you know that body language is one of the greatest songs of all time by name the artist Pete Twinney oh sure Jesse McCartney. Jesse McCartney. T-Pain. Close. So I was close. Ooh, that body's like music to my ear. Mm. Ooh, ooh, that body's like music to my ear. Ooh. Mm. Anyway, uh, music to my ears, Pete. You mentioned my obsession. The Dallas Cowboys. America's team. How about those Cowboys? Dub. Can you rip off a how, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? How about them? 
give me like a, a, a burly voice. How about them cowboys? There we go. 24 to 6, the final score. Oh, but Dan Campbell is so cool and so interesting. And the Lions and kneecaps and blah, blah, blah. They're one in five. All right, let all right, it go. Take it, like, this, take it easy. This team stinks. Like, I, nobody gets more the, credit for losing. The than, Lions, than I, I understand it turned into a 24 6 game. The Lions had a shot here in the fourth it was, quarter. It was definitely not a 24-6 game, no, to your point. Yes. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, take laps off of that, but I've, I've been saying this about Dan Campbell for a while. Again, he has, like, funny lines, and so that buys him some some leeway in the media. But, like, why? Why why are we impressed, um, you know, that that, that <laughs> with this? Like, this is not a good team. Um, I understand DeAndre Swift is out. Uh, Amonra St. Brown was knocked out of the game uh, with a concussion. Hopefully he's all right. Um, it was a, a bumpy start for Dak Prescott. First full game that he's played this season. Obviously, was was injured in the season opener. Uh, finished 19 of 25, 207 yards. Did have a touchdown late in the game. His first one of the year. Very positive. I mean, it was a this, the the Cowboys had to have this game. They had to knock the rust off. You know what I mean? Um, and the fact that they won while they did it. I mean, Ugly. it's a very positive step. Ugly wins or wins too. I didn't watch this game super closely just because wow. I was I was checking out other wow. games. I know you got it. Wow. The Dak. Look, all right, or are there concerns of him moving forward? That's the main question. I mean, I think he looked all right relative to context, right? Like, I think he, yeah. you know, you saw the, the, the normal kind of zip on the ball that the Cooper Rush does not have to be frank, you know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, were there accuracy issues at times? Sure, he threw it a triple coverage twice in the first half, and every Cowboys fan was harping on that, but he moved the ball. I mean, he moved the offense. Um, and they were fortunate that they started with some, some you know, advantageous field position at the end of this game that helped kind of muddy the score. The Lions committed a turnover on their final four possessions of the game. Um, so that was uh, not great. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they committed five second half turnovers, the Lions. But they're super well coached, these Detroit Lions. Oh, man, let me tell you. Um, I, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I think that it was, the Lions it was are... a, a rusty game for Dak. What you're annoyed but, about. But again, like. You, nope. you, you're just no. I think I know why you're saying about all the line stuff because it's a team consensus across the NFL that we all really want to be this cool, new, fun, good thing, and they're just not there yet. You know, maybe yeah. maybe it's a year away, and, we, and, and it's okay to say that they're not. You know what I mean? Like we don't yeah. have to hold on to this. Like, oh well, maybe no, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. They stink. Yeah, um, I, mean, they, I mean, they're one in five. It's hard to. Say I will that. say though. The one interesting wrinkle to this Cowboy season that I did not fully expect, I hesitate. Oh, by the way, um, a report from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. We didn't talk about this at uh, the Giants game. Evan Neal left the game. Mm. Um, he is believed, according to ESPN, to have a grade two MCL sprain. Okay. Um, so um, certainly, you know, rooting for him and a hoping sprain for the is best, better but- than a you know torn. Right? You can maybe work. I mean, your I'm not a doctor, that. but yeah. Uh, oh, last thing I was going to say on the Cowboys. Um, Zeke Elliott's having a like a somewhat resurgent year. Like I'm, I'm not like oh you know keep him around or anything like that. But I like um, it. he had a hurdle in this game. It was like for a moment it was like vintage Zeke. Feels like game. a three year sixty million dollar contract Wait, waiting to happen. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Tennessee Titans destroyed the frauds. The frauds. <laughs> there's another the fraud. Indianapolis Colts. There's a report this morning, too, and, and I'm just seeing it now uh, from Albert Breer. Scouts believe that Colts quarterback Matt Ryan's arm is, quote, shot. Added, it uh, definitely looks like he has to work harder to get the ball where he wants to go. This is a team that I mean, beat the that Chiefs. Was super obvious. Like, so, that, was, like, that was super obvious when they traded for him. This is a him. team that beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seriously dude like what tough scene uh, <laughs> but, what? um if the chiefs are tied with the bills at the end of the year <laughs> because the bills are gonna have the tiebreaker they are gonna be sick about that sick um do you know pete <laughs> that the tennessee titans did not score an offensive touchdown in this game do you know that i didn't know and that. they won they won all right I mean, seriously, the Colts thought they were cute because yeah. they survived the Broncos on Thursday night football because they beat the crummy Jaguars. This team sucks. All right. The Lions stink, but the Colts suck. I mean, like I just what a joke of a team. I'm, I'm I'm just I'm I feel so happy. I feel vindicated. I'm selfish. I'm no, wrong. No, not that one. Um, not that one. <laughs> Come on. We don't have to sing that one. Uh, that, uh, you know. I, I feel so happy about this. Colts getting exposed. It's good times. Yeah, I you know you're that type of guy. You 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 love to to celebrate and in, in misery and other folks' misery. Somehow the Colts are three three and one, which is absolutely nuts. But yeah, uh, the Titans are, are, are a team that is also similar to what I was saying about the Bengals, where they really didn't have a great start to the the year, and now they're really I think back in the mix, and they have a little bit of a tough stretch in front of them. But I I tend to think that they have righted the ship and figure out who they are a little bit without. Uh, A.J. Brown, and I think we're seeing the results of that. The Tennessee Titans, you know, we know go, we know going in are, are a better team than than what the Colts have presented on film and, and such, and they were able to pull out the victory. The Titans are the what best team in the AFC, in your mind? <sighs> it just depends on where you put them. We go Bill, Bills, Chiefs. It goes Bills, Chiefs. Number three. I'm going to say Bengals. I don't, you might disagree with that. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. And then you're just arguing with each other on are, are the jets good enough so, to put ahead of the to, titans i think to go back to 538's uh quarterback adjusted elo forecast uh playoff percentages the titans are right behind the giants it's not like just because they have higher odds of making the playoffs doesn't make them better but they have the tennessee titans currently have a 77 percent chance of making the playoffs a 67 percent chance of winning the division Didn't in we... fact they have the fourth best odds of winning their division. they have a higher probability of winning their division than the eagles do or the bucks do didn't, there didn't realize you were such a big uh, Nate Nate Silver guy, but I, I do like. It. I'm just look. I'm a big math guy. You love. Like, I mean, you do love math. I've seen. You know, I've seen you talk about math. I've seen you add and subtract before. You know, you like you like chess, uh, which which I think has some math involved in it. So the 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 Titans have a higher probability of winning the Super Bowl than the Bucks. 
or the Niners or the Rams. So I'm looking at the Titans schedule. I just wanted to pull it up because I, I wasn't refreshed on it. But they lost to the Giants and the Bills, which right, right now those are res- certainly respectable losses. Respectable right now, losses yeah. right now. We we thought the Giants were not, but they've turned into a respectable loss. And they've ripped off wins against the Raiders, the Colts, the Commanders, and the Colts again. I don't know why they're playing the Colts this year, like twice. But uh, the Colts have already played two teams twice in their division. I think they got they they're done with like five of six divisional games already. The next stretch will will tell you something about it, and you got to go a little bit deeper with them because they have the Texans and Broncos involved. So it goes Texans, Chiefs on Sunday night, Broncos. So you're at minimum there two and one. You got to beat the Texans and the Broncos. If you lose to the Chiefs, whatever. Then you have the Packers, the Bengals, and the Eagles. How you get out of this six-game stretch is going to determine you know, what you are this season. And It is going to be the most Titans thing of all time and Chiefs thing of all time for Tennessee to win in Kansas City at, uh, at GEHA Field, just so you know. Uh, oh, yeah. The people right. in Kansas City love that. They love it. Uh, the New York Jets. Got a dub. All right. The Yankees stink. Mets stink. <laughs> Those Giants and Jets, though, baby. All right. I don't know if the Yankees Peace. stink. They, they had a, they they had, swept. They had a rough... They had a rough go in the championship series. I, it and it, um, a lot of unhappy people in New York too. With Aaron Judge talking about the Yankees in the past tense already, that's not 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 going over too well at this at this stage. All rise. Uh, there was no Russell Wilson for the Denver Broncos, but there was a Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. Um, I, I mean, this wasn't like an impressive game. It was unfortunate that Brees Hall left, and and again, it looks like his season is over. When he left, he had four carries for seventy-two yards and a touchdown, sixty-two um, yard touchdown, and he and he yeah. looked at incredible offensive player of the year level uh, mm-hmm. before going down, and so he's not going to get that award now. It looks like his season's over with the ACL, but but Michael the, Carter. The, the good, good news, the good news for the Jets. I mean, not to interrupt you, but like Michael Carter is not a bad player. No. Like, and I hate to I hate to be that like cold about it, but right. like. It's, it sucks, but um, you can win. Jets, with, you can win with Carter. That's what I'm saying. The Jets are in an interesting spot. I mean, they're kind of kind of cute. Well, the most, I mean? the most interesting thing I think about the the Jets is is the defense, right? Um, the Sauce Gardner looks like a world beater. Targeted nine times, you know, only allowed three catches for what was eight yards. I don't think this game answered any questions about the Denver Broncos because it's a game without Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson is as bad as he's looked. And unhealthy. What are the Broncos anyway? They're they're nothing. They're not going to do anything. It's continuing to try to find out is is this legit? The, the, the questions in New York are the same. Are these teams legit? Like, are the Giants really this six and one team? Are the Jets really this five and two team? I, I I think the Jets are are interesting. I don't I don't know how far you can go with Zach Wilson. I I think you still need to see some progress from him. But certainly looks like a team that can make the playoffs. Um, by the way, I just saw this as you were speaking pop up into my feed. I hadn't seen this yet. Have you seen this video um, of the official Jeff Lamberth and Trip Sutter, the, the officials, I should say, um, after the Bucks loss? No. What they they walk up. They walk up to Mike Evans and ask for an autograph. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, Tom Pelissero just tweeted that the NFL is reviewing the incident. I know what review is necessary. Like I, we can see the video right here. Um, do the, the Broncos, I mean, they stink out loud. I mean, like, this is really bad. Um, did, I did the remain? Did, did Mike Evans provide the autograph or did he? Yeah, he he he, he signs it in this video. Um, okay, it, and it's it, I can't tell, but it looks like he's signing like, um, like, like some sort of sheet, like may, maybe something that the official was carrying the whole game. Like, it's not like he, he whips out like an Evans jersey or something. Maybe the like, official like, said, In all my games officiating, I've never seen a worse drop ball. <laughs> Than the one that you right. dropped in front of me, right. and you, I want you to sign this game sheet. Um, the Bronx, like you're in London. Give me, give me a London voice. Hello, there. 
want to have All some right, tea. You're, uh, you're in London watching your Big beloved Tot- Tottenham Hotspur. Hotspur. Um, Hotspurs are really falling off, by the way. Not great. Yeah, it's a tough scene. Not great. Um, and we tell you that we love you and that we want to grow the game. In fact, you know, we're thinking about putting an NFL team in London and we're giving you Broncos Jaguars. What? Like, why? Like, what? <laughs> why, do, why do we do this? Like, it's so mean. Dude, the Broncos. There was there were some reports early Sunday morning during the national dumps uh, about the Broncos maybe like you know some players being on the trade block like this has gotten like it's no it's not even off the rails like this this has reached like Armageddon levels at an insanely quick pace like I I think we could be like I'm not predicting like they cut Russell Wilson or something in the offseason but like I don't think anything is off the table anymore like Russell we're, we've Wilson reached that is point. not a starting quarterback right now he just is not and I don't know what you're going to do after signing him for a five year what is it five years two sixty. I don't know what do you what do you do with that? I I and I also think that Hackett's gonna be one and done because I just it's a disaster. This was supposed to be the the turnaround year. We finally have a quarterback, we finally have the head coach in place. Remember when Hackett was at the press conference and just beaming that they got Russ Wilson? Oh, he, and well, he had the line that was like, like he specifically stopped himself from cursing. What was he, he did was like, curse. holy sh- we got Russell Wilson? I think he it was did really curse. like yeah, uh, and uh and it's been a it's been a disaster, and I think he's going to go one and done. Like you, you have to give Russ Wilson another year, no matter what this looks like, because you're so invested in it. I, you know, normally I don't say that. Like normally I'm like cut your losses, but it's really tough to cut your five year, two hundred sixty million dollar loss. So I, I think just, there'll be another coach in place. It's really awkward how there's still so much like um, like work done to to protect Russ. You know what I mean? Like all the reports about him missing this game were like the nine time pro bowl. I know that you have did everything he could what about the subway commercial. I know you have a take on that. I don't. Um, wow. I think that, um, I think that we should like, somebody should have to eat that thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to see somebody have to eat that sandwich. Like Russell should have to eat that sandwich. Um, do you remember that when stats interviewed him here on the Espionation NFL show, he had a sandwich and he signed it. I don't know if you remember that. And it was like a special um, edible marker. Like the ink was edible on the marker. Like who would have that? I can't believe he lied to Rob's face like that. That was. was Um, uh, Well, let's go ahead. And speaking of Rob and like bad feelings, uh, the Kansas City (laughs) Chiefs and the home of the Chiefs. Yeah. 44 to 23. Christian McCaffrey, dude, don't wear number 23. Looks awkward. Looks stupid. I don't like it. He I, wants to be know. the Jordan of the NFL. I don't blame him for that. I Oh, Jeremy Pena is the Jordan of the MLB. But anyway, um, this, nah, not, this not was, happening here. This was 44-23, but, you know, it It was closer. It, it felt, that. it, that's what I was going to say. If, like, So, you know what this is like when you play at noon. Like, it's rare for our teams, but you get all your work done, then you kind of are able to land into halftime of the afternoon games. Yeah. And so, you know, when I landed, it was like, okay, it's kind of a, an interesting game. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, bam, does the Cristiano Ronaldo. Sweet! And then all of a sudden, bam, it's 44-23, and the Niners are lost in the abyss. A big thing of this, and, and Mitch Schwartz, the former chief, who does some media stuff now here in Kansas City locally, he tweeted out that, the Chiefs really had a nice game plan for how to to stop Nick Bosa, you know, whether it be chips or running the other way, running right at him. And it got, you know, Bosa was dominating early, but then it got into the mental game of it and they were able to equalize it. And then they used McCole Hardman in a really creative way. And this this guy Hardman, it's it, he's a unique wide receiver in the in the sense that he's really good on these jet sweeps. And that changes the right. game. And and not only 
when they do hand it off to him. But now you've created a situation where this is on film and Andy Reid is a mastermind. So now the people are going to be preparing for Hardman to get the football all the time. And then he's, it's going to be Mahomes keeping it and throwing to Travis Kelsey or something like that. Or, you know, we saw them throw it to, to Juju Smith-Schuster. Really nice, I think, for the Chiefs to to see Smith-Schuster emerge. We had been waiting sure. to see Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling be, I, I, I would suppose, um, proper Contri- contributors to replace Terry yeah. Kill. This was the first time the Chiefs had two receivers over 100 yards since 2000. So J.P. Acosta was even born. I don't even know if he was born at so, that point. So this this was the new um, like streak when they had like no receivers catching a touchdown or whatever it was. Well, this is well, no, this is just simply wide receiver production. They've had one wide receiver go over 100 yards. I know. I mean, again, you just could have gone, gone along with the joke, but yeah, whatever. no. Look, Dwayne Bow was on the team at that time. I don't, you know, it's it's bad memories. But anyway, this was a really good win, and it it's a reminder of what Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes can do when things get clicking, you know, it can turn into this game. That's a game in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was only what 28 to 23 after the, the Kittle touchdown. And then you blink and it's 44, 23 and the chiefs drop a 40 burger on the number one defense in the NFL. They got to feel good about it, but you're also scoreboard watching. You got to see if the Buffalo bills can, can lose a game or two here. And, and you, again, you need to have that, the better outright record. So it's going to be watching the bills all season long. I, um, I'm not, I'm not like happy for the Chiefs, but I've definitely had some bad blood towards them over the last few years. You know, call, call that like the friendly hot rivalry of, it's been of hot the show. Cold. No, but I've been back. All right, like I've I've been I've been Team Chiefs. I've been you. You said I was an honorary Kingdom member. You know, a mm-hmm. few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and, and so I am. Um, I'm happy to see. Like I I appreciated their approach. I think of all the teams who traded away receivers, like we've talked a lot about, about obviously like the Packers are struggling without Devontae Adams. Obviously the Titans are struggling without AJ Brown. The Chiefs are the only one who were like, oh, well, we've lost something. So like we have to like replenish, right? <laughs> like they're the only ones who who like yeah. actually did that. And you got to win. Um, you got to win a little differently. And right. I think you're but, still but like, figuring that out. And I'm not saying that either of these players are, are Tyreek Hill, obviously, but like they restocked, right? So yeah. like in in this this week or the last few weeks, it's felt like ever since the Monday night game against Vegas, it's been like the Juju show, uh, the MBS shows coming along, Sky Moore, you know, had the, whatever, but still like that show will there will be a Sky Moore game eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like Miko, this is the Miko Harmon game, like in one way. Um, the Chiefs find a way, and I think you can always kind of trust that. And I think people forget that. I mean, I don't know why. On the Niners side of things, this felt like their clear ceiling. You know what I mean? Like they, they clearly have a, a, a limitation on them. They don't have the horses to run with, you know, some of the best offenses in the NFL. They're three and four now, dude. I mean, this is, you know, it's not panic time, obviously, but they have the Rams next week who are coming off their bye, and then they have their own bye, and then they have the Chargers and then the Cardinals. And I'm not worried about the Cardinals for them, but still, I mean, that's for a team that's three and four trying to figure out their new identity offensively with Christian McCaffrey. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's so, I know it sounds crazy but like Tampa, but it's, it's just bleh. watching McCaffrey though, yesterday, you know, play after being with the organization for a day and a half was very, very impressive. And I, I think they're going to really find a way to maximize him. I, I know it sounds crazy, but watching this 44 to 23 game, I think the 49ers have what it takes to, to turn it around. Their defense was still a little bit banged up in this game. And just the weapons of McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Debo Samuel, it's it's too much to think this team is not going to find a way to at least make the postseason. I don't, I don't know if they're going to win the division. I mean, look at my Hawks right now, just, just going at it. But uh, but I think they'll be in the playoffs. By the way, I haven't read Albert Breer's Monday morning column, but I just saw on Twitter, according to him, the Rams' final offer for Christian McCaffrey. Have you read this? I have not. Was four draft picks and 
Cam Akers. Rams are trying like crazy to get rid of Cam Akers. I mean, it's it's we still haven't really heard like an explanation for that. You know what I mean? Like, why did like all of a sudden he just fall so far out of favor with them? Um, I don't know. Yeah, but, if I'm guessing, it 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 seemed like he was gonna be the guy, and then got back, and they drafted a back who got hurt, and it's been more of a combination of him and Henderson. And he Cam Akers does not look great. He looks like he he's tracking mud or or sludging through mud every time he runs the football, and so McVay made the adjustment it seemed like and i don't know how well that went over the las vegas raiders picked up their second win of the season on sunday afternoon 38 to 20 the final score uh against the houston texans this might have been two of the five best running backs in the nfl right now i mean like josh jacobs 20 carries a buck 43 three touchdowns damian pierce didn't score um you know but but still had 20 carries for 92 yards um I don't know that any of us have any like dramatic takeaways from this. I guess like the Raiders are less bad than the Texans. I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's just been a crazy story. What a, what a resurgence for, for Josh Jacobs who the Raiders wouldn't really commit to. And he's just looked great. I mean, he's looked as, as good as he, he used to look back in, back in the day. I think maybe the Raiders are similar to the chiefs because they were on the other side of that where they, they acquired this all world receiver as opposed to, to trading away. Maybe LV is, is realizing they can be run first, even with Devontae Adams. Like we, I think we just assumed, oh, you got to hit Adams 41 times a game like Rodgers did to, to maximize him. But, you know, maybe it isn't that way. Maybe it's more of, well, he's such a threat. You can be more of a complete team with it. Carr was 7 of 8 for 109 yards on play action passes. And I think that confusion of we have this really great running back who can run it down your throats or we have the best wide receiver in the NFL and you, you're never going to know which way we're going to go. I think that's that's their offense and, and maybe they're finding it a little bit of a hole for them, though. Right. What, what are they? Two and four. So they'll have to to, to, mean, to dig out of that. And then on the other side, the only thing you could take away, as you were saying, is, is Pierce. And now that Brees Hall is injured, it, it certainly looks like Pierce is going to run away with the offensive player of the year. I just don't. Yeah, I agree with that uh, with that on Pierce. Um but I just don't buy the Raiders, dude. I mean, again, like you they have, have to talk to Bill about that, then I guess twenty-two percent chance of, of making the playoffs at this point. Behind these are teams ahead of, of the Raiders in terms of playoff probabilities: the Cardinals, the Packers, the Falcons, the Patriots, the Colts, the Rams, the Jets. I mean, the Jets are also the Niners. Um, I hate the Colts with a fiery passion. Um, it just feels like a waste. Like it feels like we've just wasted so much time with the Raiders. Like, you know, the, the Raiders have like the, the biggest moment in Raiders history was their like lap around GEHA field after they beat well, the Chiefs, like, back then it was ago. only Arrowhead Stadium, but mm-hmm. I, I'd agree with you. Susie Colbert on countdown to, to Monday night called it the G, which is not again not going over well. So uh, um Okay, let's move on. Uh, two more games left before we give our Monday Night Football predictions. I, you know, save this for the end because I don't, I don't think like the Chargers deserve to be talked about anymore. Like, I, I'm just like, why? Like, why? Why? Like, the, like again, this is one thing. Let's let's hear some RJ props. I was never in the way anybody else was in. All yeah. right, like, like we we have to stop. Like again, like they're they're the lions to a, a higher degree. You know, like why they just got destroyed by the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are, are somewhat good, so good for them. The but like. This, I mean, th- this is a really bad performance for the Chargers. Ken Walker. 37 to 23. Ken Walker looks what? great. Uh, Pete Carroll has been waiting for years to not have a quarterback that everyone wants to see throw so we can run the football down the other team's throats. They have that now with Geno Smith. Everyone wrote off, but he didn't write back. And 23 for 168 for two touchdowns for Walker. And then the Chargers look in shambles. And it does seem like Brandon Staley is going to be 
um, on the hot seat. This is Sean Payton's team. Yeah, it, right. It like does this, seem this, that this way. is like if we have to pick the Sean Payton spot right now, it's the Chargers. Chargers, right? and you know, it's become a little bit of a joke, and it's a super sad joke. But like the Chargers medical team, it, these players just get hurt every year. You had J.C. Jackson leaving the game; it looked like a significant injury. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen left with injuries. On the other side, I, I'm you know I joked about the Hawks being my team this year, and I was going to root for them because they have these really boring games, and you know maybe they would go 500. But they seem interesting, and the West it, it does seem like is is wide open. They're first place in the NFC West right now. Seattle forced a, a turnover on downs in the opening drive, then an interception, and then a fumble recovery, and they were actually winning this game 17 to nothing at a certain point. The Chargers were able to get back into it at 17-14. At that point, when you're the Seahawks, right, you're up 17 nothing. It can get to 17-14. You could crumble at that point. I, I know what you're saying about the Chargers, how they've been so disappointing. But what do they do? I, I don't give them credit for that. They like, score, 10, they score like, 10 more points, extend lead to 27-14, to, to 14, and then we're just continue to add points all day, all the way until the 74-yard touchdown by Walker to make it 37-16. And this this thing was lights out over. And and terrible loss for, for L.A., but one of these emerging victories i i think for seattle and you know we've been asking questions about the giants and the jets in seattle seattle to me they're they're managing to win games and and do it in a fashion that makes you think it's can you can consistently do it in my opinion and so Pete carroll and, and gino and ken get the come up of the week for me for seattle good go hawks uh go respect hawks. the chargers i mean they have four wins against the raiders nah against the Texans, bleh, which was kind of close, against the Browns, which was super close, so meh, and then against the Broncos, which was really close and kind of sad and pathetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, th like I, there's not a more hollow team in the NFL right now than the Chargers. Um, and, and, I mean, the, the fact that they have four wins is embarrassing. They're on their bye, but afterwards, at Atlanta, who's kind of cute and kind of spunky, um, at San Francisco, who, you know, will at least be a little bit more figured out by then. Um, that game's on Sunday Night Football. That'll be fun. They got Kansas City at home. Ooh, watch out over to Justin Herbert. No, Pat Patrick Mahomes will end this. All right. And then at Arizona, at Vegas, then Miami. That's tough. Tennessee, that's tough. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. I'm, I'm willing to say right now, not a playoff team. And if they're not, Staley's, got, Staley's out. Right? Like, we're, we're okay yeah, to say that. I mean, yeah. I, th I think I'm ready to say, like, Staley's out now. Like, what what does he do that makes them better? Well, like, if they're able they're, to turn this around and make the postseason, no. Then... But like, their defense stinks. That he, that's supposed to be his thing. Yeah, like yeah. they 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 stink out loud. Um, all right, <laughs> stink out last... loud. Cracks me up. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, last game before yeah. Monday night picks the Miami Dolphins outlasted the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give us the Dolphin sound. You're so good at it. <laughs> Sixteen to ten, the final score. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa back, 21 to 35, 261 yards, and a touchdown. Kenny Pickett threw the ball 44 times. He was back as well. Three of them interceptions. Not a great uh, day for him. Uh, Tyreek Hill, seven catches, 72 yards. Jalen Waddell, four catches, 88 yards. Uh, Raheem Mostert had the lone touchdown through the air. Um, actually, own lone touchdown uh, for the Dolphins in general. Um, this was kind of okay, whatever. The coolest part to me was the Dolphins honoring this 1972 team uh, that turns 50 this year and uh, wearing the throwback uniforms. Tua needs to start sliding. You're going to hear that hot take, yeah. but it's true. It's you can't even watch it. It's so so tough to see him dive into another player's body. Four dropped interceptions by the Steelers. So this could have been completely different. And the Steelers, if they're going to win games, they're going to have to do it on defense as Kenny Pickett develops. Um, 
I think the question that you have if you're Pittsburgh is, does Kenny Pickett win this game like 10 games from now? I mean, he clearly needs experience. Not everyone's yeah. Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, where they just take the league by storm. A lot of times, your franchise quarterback is going to go through these problems early where mm-hmm. you throw these interceptions in the game. Um, I think he's, he's, he's showing some promise there, but he just needs games of experience. And this is this rebuilding year for Pittsburgh that we've never experienced before because Mike Tomlin's been so good. But that's what it is this year. Miami needs to be better. Um, and two needs to be On this, better. Go ahead. On the subject of Pittsburgh, so um, obviously everybody talks about Mike Tomlin's 500, uh, like record above 500 streak or whatever. So they're two and five, which means that um, in, in today's NFL, nine losses is below 500. There's no more. Uh, we talked about that at the beginning with your embarrassing math lesson. So four more losses mm-hmm. cements that streak coming to an end. So yeah. um, these That's are the Steelers remaining games at Philadelphia. Loss. Okay. Uh, by New Orleans. Mm, I don't know. Cincinnati at home. Loss. At Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> at Atlanta. Kind of a coin flip, right? You can kind of see it going either way. Yeah. Um, Baltimore. Bal- Baltimore. That's L. three. Um, that's a loss. At yeah. Carolina. They can then, win that game. Yeah, whatever. Um, Vegas. They can win that one. Again, kind of a coin flip. And then at Baltimore. They, should, again. Lose, they should lose that game again. Right. So there's the fourth. Um, so... My point is, though, they'll kind of be in the mix, you know, in if December. They, if they, if with they this get thing. one of those games that they shouldn't get, they could go nine and eight, which would be incredible. <laughs> like, it really would be incredible, um, especially um, starting two and five. The Can you give me a Chicago Bears and a Chicago accent? Oh, man. No more curse in you Chicago. <laughs> they got no more Garcia <laughs> Bear back. Anyway, uh, wow. Okay. Oh, man. Um, they are eight point underdogs on the road against the New England Patriots tonight. Really Bill Belichick can break they, sound like? they can break the tie with uh or Bill Belichick can break the tie with George Hallis. Most wins as an NFL head coach, moving to second place all time by himself. Um, who you got? Who covers? Take it. I'll take the Patriots to win and to cover. Easy. Boom. What's the spread? Eight points. <sighs> Chicago stinks. I'm gonna I'll go with the Patriots too. I, I want to okay. take I want to take Chicago with the points because it, it feels like a trap because mm, you're getting Mac Jones back from injury right but uh Return but turn of the Mac uh. but, but I have to I have to go I, I guarantee you I guarantee you that ESPN bumps into the game at some point with that like before his first offensive possession oh yeah 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 <laughs> ESPN's like the hip the hip channel of the nfl you know they got the manning cast they got the funky graphics they have the music it might even be a sit down with mac where they they kind of play it too if bill belichick allowed it mm-hmm. yeah the, i think this and is there'll be like that, a headline like a graphic like return of the mac and then they'll be like oh like the song <laughs> eight yeah point, eight points feels right i don't know which way to go but i i guess i'm i'm leaning new england vegas vegas right. got, is getting us on, on this one all right it is time to bring in the perfect the immaculate, the infallible Rachel Prevet, who once again is perfect in every conceivable way. Rachel, um, first of all, your big takeaways from Sunday's NFL action, then your thoughts on what we had to say, and then, of course, the MF double MVP. 
my biggest two takeaways were definitely top running back in Josh Jacobs. I thought that that was one of the biggest takeaways from this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that in six games, he has 111 carries for 633 yards and six touchdowns. He's a third in NFL in rushing yards, eighth in yards per carry among running backs and tied for second in running touchdowns. Also, shout out to RJ. I thought that the Cowboys defense did a really, really good job. Um, So shout out to them for having five takeaways in the second half. That was really impressive. So those were my biggest takeaways. And then, of course, like Tom Brady, like this is a weird place for him. Like Pete was mentioning earlier, I think that it's just we've never seen him like this. So it's just kind of weird. It's very, very weird. So those were my biggest takeaways. Um, Shout out to JP for coming in Mm -hmm. and saving the day because yes, we needed him. Because Pete messed up. Um, What did I do? I I didn't do anything. Yeah, you did. You always do stuff. Your sound Uh, effects were on point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. And what, what else? What was the last part? Uh, the MFWVP. What do you mean? That what was the last part? I'm gonna give it to JP today because that's fair. That's fair. We needed him. Show wouldn't have went on if it wasn't for JP. So I'm gonna give it to him today. Did you look up his highlights while we were on? I did not. No, I was trying to take my notes. Wow. <laughs> I will after uh, this though. <laughs> um. So let's let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> the record books <laughs> will show JP as the winner. But if you had to pick between Pete and I yes. today, who would win? Um. I'm probably going to go with RJ today. Let's go. <laughs> if I had if I had to pick it, go to JP, but if I had to choose, I would have went to RJ. <laughs> He's asleep, okay. <laughs> Pete, your thoughts on uh, finishing third? <laughs> I don't have any thoughts. We're going to come back stronger next week. That's okay. That's and, all good. We like it. We don't, we don't put up bronze medals in the South, so that's all. Hmm. <laughs> Except for uh, when the Chiefs choke away the AFC Championship, like they did last they year. They tied for third last year, third place in the, in the, in the league. So uh, there's no third place. Did you really game, tie for third? Like were they were they better than the Niners last year? I feel like the Niners. Yeah, I mean, you know they don't play they don't play consolation for third place. So so actually, let's think about it that way. Yesterday was the battle for last season's third place medal. Okay, and the Chiefs won. Oh, yeah. So you know what I'm saying Good to be in you... sync with the with the, with the home club. Uh, we right. both won bronze medals the Sunday, to, Sunday, Monday stretch. So good for us. All right. Uh, congratulations to the Houston Astros and nobody else. Uh, Rachel, you're the best. JP, you're the best. Pete, you are mediocre at best. Rachel, give us a sound. It can be an animal or any sound in the world that Pete has to make as we leave. Any sound in the yeah, world. Yeah, last week you said a helicopter. So, like, let's. What a good one. It was good, but let's get a little bit more random. Let's challenge more Pete. Random? He's very good at this. You have to make the sound of bubbles. Let's go, Phillies.